How do you decide who you're going to be loyal to? Have you ever stopped to think how you make those decisions? We're going to stop and think right now. How do you decide who you're going to be loyal to? We don't often stop and think, right? Oftentimes, the experiences happen to us and we react and maybe we reflect once in a while. But uh, So let's just stop and think right now. I got a handheld so that I can ask you, you know, who are you loyal to and why? People who respect you. My wife, my kids, and most of all, Jesus, for 48 years, he's been my savior, and I'm so grateful. Praise God. More. I promise. The one I made promises to. Kids and grandkids. What about in business? What about in school? What about in church? What about in the community? Who do you you decide to be loyal to? I mean, yeah, wife is easy, you think, to say that answer here because everyone agrees, right? And that's good. How did you choose your wife, right? Why, Why did you say at the start, yeah, I'll be loyal to you? I promise, I'm not going to be the teacher who, as soon as you give the answer, I'm going to use that as a springboard to say it's not true. <laughs> right? Teachers do that sometimes. It's good to stop and think about this. Maybe someone will say, well, what is loyalty? Oh, that's always the smart kid, right? Define loyalty before I give my answer. Okay. <laughs> who do you trust? Who do you commit to? How are you loyal? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to put it to the kids to, to decide how this goes, okay? So if you're a kid, uh, just because you're tired of sitting already, I'm going to give you a one-minute break to stand up, okay? If you don't want to stand up, that's okay. We're just going to vote in the end, okay? So kids, you get to vote on this. You vote on whether we're doing a story right now or whether we're doing a sermon, Okay? Story or sermon, that's your vote. You know what a sermon is? You know, introduction, three points, awkward, personal anecdote, conclusion. All right? It's, it's that or the story, okay? So, all right, kids, you ready to vote on the story or the sermon? Hands up if you want the story. Cool beans, all right? Hands up if you want the sermon. All right, story wins. In case you think democracy is real... That vote always goes how I want. Okay, Uh, here's the story. The story I'm going to tell, uh, I'm not going to use the real characters' names. I'm going to call them by what their name means. Kind of like John Bunyan did in one of the best novels ever, Pilgrim Progress. Uh, So this story revolves around uh, a man named Kindness. I think I found him. He's over here. 
This guy right here, he's kindness, okay? You don't have to stand up. You don't have to move. You don't have to go anywhere. This is kindness, okay? And uh, his, just for the sake of the story, his wife, are you, are you yes? Okay, that works out good. Uh, his, <laughs> his wife's name is Darling, and you have to pronounce it that way. You cannot say Darling, okay? It has to be like you're in a 1960s James Bond movie, okay? Darling, set in Europe somewhere. All right, so uh, kindness and Darling are the central piece to this story. But before we get to that, we need to do the backstory, the prequel. Okay? And the prequel involves a young man from their town. And of course, how it works out with every small town is uh, when, a, when a young guy gets to a certain age, he wants to leave town and figure out life for himself, right? So the name of this uh, young man who left town to seek his way in the world is uh, good-looking right here. You know it's true. So good-looking uh, leaves town, and he wants to go to the big city, so he does. He goes to the big city. And, uh, you know, big cities are full of opportunities, ideas. It's a melting pot, right? You know, it's different than what your family taught you, all these things, you know? So uh, while good-looking is in this city away from home, he does stumble upon some interesting ideas. And one of those ideas was that there was a man who rose from the dead. That's a pretty outrageous idea to believe. Uh, good looking decides to believe it's true. Okay. Now, the person who was, was preaching this message uh, was a man by the name of Small One. And Small One right here, he... He has a heart for the young guys in his community, okay? So small one was preaching to good looking about this man who re resurrected from the dead and teaching him how to follow. And over time, good looking decides, you know, that's, it's a good message for me, then it's a good message for everyone, and I need to go back to my hometown and tell them. So that's what he does. Good looking goes back to his hometown where kindness and darling live. And he tells them. And he tells everyone he knows. And, and kindness then also believes in the risen one. And they do something as a couple that's been one of the basic and most powerful strategies for changing the world for the last 2,000 years. Hospitality. Darling opens up their home for people to come in. And they share in their home about the risen one. That changed the world, that kind of attitude. And that's hard to do. Not a lot of women do that. She was willing to do that. So over time, there's a, there's a group that's meeting there. Good looking, he, uh, he kind of felt like that was his role, and it was done, and he went off. But a group kept meeting in kindness in Darling's house. But not everyone was having it. Not everyone. Not everyone. Who's the guy? Who is the guy? You know, I'm trying to pick people. Oh, yeah, there we go. Right here. Right here. This guy. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> <laughs> useless 
you know what hats I had, sorry, you know, you have to pick the right person for the role. And uh, this isn't my first circus, uh, this guy's been useless before. <laughs> useless was having none of it, okay? He worked for kindness, so, and, you know, he knew the guy, but he was having none of it. This talk of the risen one. And very much like good-looking, he also wanted to go and find out what the world had to offer. But he had a problem. He was under contract with kindness. He wasn't allowed to just leave. But he weighed his options and he did it anyway. Now, he didn't just go down the valley to the city where good-looking went to because that would be too easy to find him. And the consequences for breaking contract were severe. So he kept moving. He went the equivalent of from like here to Chicago away. Went to a big city. Just going to hide out and find a new life. Now, you know how this works. When you're from a small town like this and you go to the city nearest to us. So if you, if you see someone here that you kind of know in the grocery store... You might say hi, you know, but you're not going to really talk to them if you don't know them that well, maybe. You know, you got your list. But if you go to the city and then you see that same person, you'd be like, oh, hey, you're from, you're from the same town. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen you there. Right? All of a sudden, you, you have more desire to talk to them, right? And if you went to, like, Winnipeg and you saw someone from a small town you're, that you're from, you're like, whoa, hey, hey, let's good coffee. You know, let's hang out for a bit. We're in this far away. What are the odds you would see someone in Chicago from a small town? You could probably hang out there for weeks, months, never see someone. That was useless as hope. You know, every, every good story has that start, that tension piece, a coincidence kind of factor, an apex, and then a conclusion. Here comes the coincidence in a city very far away, a very large city, useless stumbles upon a small one. What are the stinking odds, right? What are the odds? And we don't know how much small one knew kindness, but via association, there was relationship there, okay? We know that much. Whether there was a visit whether there was a report from Good Looking, we, he knew, they knew of each other. He, he knew that kindness was following the risen one, the same guy he was. He, he knew this stuff. And now he meets the runaway. Oh boy. What happens? Same things that always happens. Let me tell you about the risen one. Let me tell you. This is going to change your life. And it does. It does. It absolutely does. You know, the best people to preach to sometimes are the ones who are uncomfortable because they're far away from home. So now, now there's this tension and useless is life. Because, you know, it's very simple and easy to be reconciled to a deity it can be very tricky to be reconciled to a person. It's easy to have your sins forgiven, 
But what Useless realized is that there's a human element also to forgiveness. If I've been made right here, I'm going to also want to make things right here. So he makes a hard choice, and life is full of them, right? There's not like the hard way and the easy way. It's usually the hard way and the hard way. Which hard will you choose, right? It's hard to stay married sometimes. Divorce is also hard. Which hard do you want, right? It's hard to stay in school. It's hard to function without an education also in this time of life. Choose your heart, right? So useless decides he's going to go back to kindness and reconcile. He broke contract, might have even stolen from him. What's he going to do? Now, that's risky because under the law, kindness is complete. Like the, the, the law says the penalty for what useless did was death. So kindness is totally allowed. Take him to court and execute him for what he did. Pretty risky to go back. Not sure what was going on in useless's head. But when you follow someone who's been risen from the dead, fear of death diminishes. But small one wanted to help his young follower, so he, he decides to send useless with a letter to kind of pave the way. And we have a copy of this letter. Now, we don't actually know what happened when they met. But here's my guess. The reason we still have a copy of the letter is because kindness chose to forgive. Not a great story if he goes back and gets executed. Not so great. I mean, it's actually still a decent story because that's a very brave thing he did. But my guess is the reason that we have the letter is because he chose to forgive. And I want to read from that letter to you. I purposely didn't put it up there. I thank my God always when I remember you, says small one, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and all the saints. And I've derived much joy and comfort from you, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I'm an old man now and a prisoner for Jesus, and I, I appeal to you for my child, useless. And then he does the old man joke. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I'd have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be of compulsion or forced, but your goodness would be chosen of your own accord. For this is perhaps why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bond servant, but more than a bond servant, as a brother. 
especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he's wronged you or owes you anything, charge it to me. I'm writing this with my own hand. I'll repay it. Yes, brother, I want some benefit in the Lord, but refresh my heart. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing you'll do even more than I say. Even more than I say. That's a fascinating letter to me. What small one is asking kindness to do is to put loyalty to a brother as more important than the law. What he's saying there too is to put loyalty to a brother as more important than business. What would his fellow people in his town think? You forgave that guy? You took him back? What kind of sucker are you? What's wrong with you? He's asking for loyalty to someone who was not loyal to him. Did not the risen one say, if you love those who love you, what reward is there in that? If you're loyal to those who are loyal to you, what reward is there in that? Just so you're not confused. What is kindness's name? Shout it out. Philemon. The letter bears his name. The letter to Philemon. Who's small one? Small one wrote the letter. Paul. Onesimus actually means useful. <laughs> the joke was he was only useful once he became a brother. Mm. Darling is Appia, his wife. And good looking is Epaphras or Epaphroditus. Kind of confusing. The guy who decided to go plant the church. That was the message for kindness. I don't, I don't know if that's the message for you. But as I thought and prayed about it, I think I will end with the message from the risen one to you. Do not be afraid. I've risen from the dead. Do not be afraid. He is risen from the dead. Oh, yeah! We serve a risen Savior. You're dismissed. Thanks so much for joining us today. We trust you have been encouraged and challenged in your faith journey. If you're desiring prayer, want more information on our church, want to partner with us or be involved in any way, please go to our website at mountoliveefc.com. We'll see you next time.